on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We're going to study what you coined as two fringe religious organizations tonight. We want to talk about Scientology and Christian Science, two separate organizations, some common some commonality maybe between them, but we've never talked about these things before. Uh, they're kind of out there uh, in their doctrinal views, and uh, we, we, we just want to get a basic understanding. We're not able to go into great depth, but we want to get a basic understanding of what they're teaching. I sort of wish we had the theme music from the Twilight Zone to kick us <laughs> off tonight, because it's going to be a little bit uh, out there. Uh, we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February 13th, 2020. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me tonight. Dad, welcome. Great, uh, Jacob. Great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you. Uh, the legendary Kyle's behind the controls tonight. Kyle, welcome to the program. It's good to be as always. We'll get that Kyle cam going tonight that's right we need it going uh appreciate you being on the other end of the line tonight uh we want to hear from you at 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com if you've got some experience with uh, these religious groups uh, uh, the scientologist or the christian scientist uh let us know uh we want to hear from you on the program tonight and help us with the discussion 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com Dot com in the chat window if you're watching us on the program live tonight. Um, again, we like to have some listener participation tonight. Uh, the, the information I have is is just scratching the surface. I'm sure. Uh, I think it is important for us to have some basic knowledge of these groups. They're really fringe groups, as I said in our update earlier today. Uh, but you hear about them quite a bit. Certainly you hear about Scientology a lot because a lot of the big movie stars are Scientologists, and we hear about that. Uh, um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I think probably toward the end of the program, we may have a little time for for off-the-cuff questions. So if somebody's got, you know, we'll see, but I, I think we might have some time left at the end of the program. If you've got something you'd just like to hear us bat around off the cuff, uh, you might add that in the chat room. You got one of those, Kyle? Get one ready. You might, <laughs> well, not, might need to go to you. All right, yeah, good. Uh, some bumper stickers. I see you still got some bumper stickers. we got bumper stickers. Send us an email. Uh, questions at collegeview.com. Give us your snail mail address, and we'll get one in the mail to you. All right. Remember also that... Uh, um, that we send out on on Thursdays an update about our program, and you need to get on our mailing list if you're not. So, send, again, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and say, put me on your list. And on Thursday, you'll get an update about what our discussion will be that evening. And on Tuesdays every week, we send out an email version of our weekly church bulletin. So you get two emails from us a week. Uh, we're not going to flood your inbox, but uh, we think that that information will be useful to you if you're not getting it. Okay. All right. So 
fringe religious organizations tonight. We, we could probably talk about a lot, but uh, you've got two picked out for us here. Okay, we're going to talk about Scientology and Christian science, and I asked the same questions about both. So we'll start with Scientology. What's the background or origin of Scientology? Who was its founder? What are some of the basic beliefs or doctrines of Scientology? And give examples of how Scientology contradicts the scriptures. Okay. Now, you said this is a big one among the movie stars. So you hear yeah. about these guys being Scientologists. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe the biggest name, uh, Kyle, is uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise, big Scientologist. Yeah, John Travolta. John Travolta. Uh, Priscilla Presley is a Scientologist. I don't know if you knew that one. They have a, it's actually the Hollywood Center. It's like that's their that's their that's the center of the that's, that's like their Jerusalem. It's yeah, it was, that's their main building. I think it's the Hollywood uh, the Celebrity Center. Yeah, they actually have a source or a building to intake celebrities in Hollywood. So uh, yeah. How about that? Well, yeah. Scientology had its origin with a a guy who was. Believe it or not, a science fiction writer. <laughs> uh, his name is L. Ron Hubbard, uh, and it began back in the 1950s. In fact, in 1949, I got I found this quote. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard was quoted as saying to a friend, "Writing for a penny of a word for a penny a word is ridiculous." That's what he'd been doing, getting about a penny for every word he wrote. If a man really wants to make a million dollars, the best way would be to start his own religion. Mm. That's what he said to his friend, and that's what he ended up doing. And so he, he actually made good on his on his financial plan because there's a lot of cost associated with being in Scientology because you have to go through training courses and various therapy sessions, and you have to pay for them all. Um it's, it was estimated back 20 years ago that to, that the cost to reach level eight in Scientology, and I'm not sure what all the levels mean, but if you wanted to reach uh, sounds good though. level eight, yeah. it would cost you between 365 and 380 thousand dollars. Wow! To be in that religion and to get to that level. Now, you know, if if you think about it, we we said. What are some of the contrasts with true Christianity? Well, that right there in itself is a true contrast to to what the Lord was teaching and offering. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, he said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Yeah. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard's not given freely. He, he's getting rich off of this. Yeah. Um, and so he developed a, a method. It was actually sort of psychotherapy, you know, sort of work on your brain. And you remember what he called it, Kyle? Dianetics. Yeah, yeah the, it, it was it was the practice of dianetics. And uh, according to people who know how these kind of mental games work, this was a form of regression therapy. And supposedly his view was, and it's not an uncommon view, his view was that Past events in your life interfere with your present ability to function. Lots of psychotherapy is dealt on that principle, right? I mean, psychologists work at that level all the time. Yeah, you know, you had a bad childhood. And traumatic so, event. Very traumatic. And now, since you had a traumatic childhood, you're all messed up and you're not able to function well as an adult. That That's common psychological, I, says, I suppose, analysis or process. Yeah. Um, but here's the interesting twist with Scientology. It's not just what happened to you in this life. 
it's what happened to you in past lives as well. Yeah. And so you got a whole train load of baggage because you've had bad experiences not just in one lifetime, but in many previous Cue lifetimes. The Twilight Zone music. Here we go. So many layers. It's so many like layers. One is they believe that uh, that aliens. That there's aliens have invaded, like the people who were originated <laughs> Earth go. are were prisoner aliens, and they came here, and they're implanting well, on your body, and you have to exercise these by <laughs> going through the dynamics, the, the levels that you're getting through these, you're exercising these. Yeah. it's just they crazy. actually they actually use what they call uh, an e meter, which is uh, it me- they say measures the electrical resistance in your body. It's sort of a primitive form of a lie detector. Of course, there's no evidence that there's any legitimacy to it at all. But as you said, Kyle, I was reading about this. It teaches that we are, that people are immortal beings called thetans. Uh, and you continue to live, but supposedly sometime in the past, thetans became sort of tangled up in their thinking and lost consciousness of their real identity in nature and they be they became entrapped in this physical world which is actually just a product of their own imagination the world is not real this physical existence isn't isn't actual it's just far out 75 million years ago these souls who who were i mean they always existed but they were in an overcrowded universe and uh, the ruler of the universe rounded up billions of these thetans and sent them to Earth. Uh, that's how we got here. Uh, they, uh, again, Scientology believes that the material universe is an illusion that, uh, and that each individual is essentially divine with infinite potential to create. Um, you want to know how crazy this gets. Let me read you a quote here from what's called the Professional Auditor's Bulletin. An auditor in Scientology is one of the counselors. And so, can you make any sense of this? Religion does much to keep the assumption in re-stimulation being basically a control mechanism used by those who have sent the pre-clear into a body. You will find the cross as a symbol all over the universe and the Christ legend as implant in pre-clears a million years ago. I don't even know what that means, but that's that's some of the advice being given to these auditors or counselors. Um, and actually, of course, that's just ridiculous to imagine that the 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 information about Jesus Christ, or he calls it the legend of Christ, was in the universe a million years ago, which is obviously just ridiculous. Uh, members of Scientology start out as pre-clears. They work through various counseling sessions. They advance through various levels until they are declared cleared. In other words, you get rid of all that baggage you had. Now you are an operating thetan. Uh, and then you can keep working through new sets of levels to learn how to spread Scientology, become an auditor yourself. Uh, uh, they and, and these operating thetans believe that they can actually leave their bodies and operate in the nether world. Does it sound like a science fiction author dreamed that stuff up? Well, that's in deep. fact, he that's, did. That's that's which there are there have been many discussions and studies on the 
psychological state, unsurprisingly, of L. Ron Hubbard and his just his imagining and thinking of these things. And I think it's an insult or an affront, which we, we can, we're probably going to get into the whole church discussion here, why it's called the church and all that stuff. Uh, but oh, you may know more about that than well, I, I know. Which I know, uh, and I think it was the late nineties. They were being sued by the IRS. Yeah. Oh. Because they, they weren't really they, they weren't they were really paying, a church. They weren't paying their taxes. Yeah. And they say, well, we're a church, so they started suing. They sued multiple thousands of lawsuits. So to get the uh, IRS off their back, they were called them a church. The IRS like, well, okay, you're a church, so drop these lawsuits. Yeah. And everything's fine. They had so it was. So they're not a church. They're a tax shelter, essentially. So yeah. they're taking advantage of that, which is... Uh, one of the things I asked in the update was, where do you see Scientology contradicting with Scripture? Well, here's a big place. Scientology teaches that it's a supplement to other religions. In other words, people in Scientology believe you can be a Christian, a Buddhist, a Jew, uh, and a Scientologist at the same time. Uh, so, in other words, you can, all those religions are acceptable, and then Scientology, Scientology supplements that. Uh, of course, we believe that would be a direct contradiction to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Uh, I would also argue that Scientology differs uh, with the Bible in regards to the idea that this universe is imaginary. I mean, if, if the Bible teaches anything at all from the very first page of the Scripture in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about a literal physical universe that God created. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It, 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 what, I didn't make it up. It's not a figment it, of imagination. It's not a figment of my imagination. God created the heaven and the earth. Yeah, yeah and back to that idea that uh, it's a supplement or that you, know, you could be any of these other religions and be okay. That's not a. That's not isolated just to the Scientologists. And there's a, there's a lot of folks who even claim to be Christian today who are saying, well, it doesn't really matter if there's good in Buddhism and Judaism and Scientology, I guess, and it doesn't matter. But the scriptures are very clear for Christians that want to believe what the Bible says. What you said, uh, Jesus said, He is the way, singular. Peter alluded to this as well when he said in Acts 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you want to be saved, saved, you've got to be a follower of Christ. Exactly. That's the only way around it. You know, years ago, we did a program on Freemasonry. And the Masons do the same thing that the Scientologists do. They say you can be a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Jew, an unbelieving Jew or a Christian, but that you can actually go to God through masonry itself. Uh, and all of that, uh, of course, is in error. But the, the, the Scientologists is way, way off on this. Um, some of their teachings, here's, here's a quote from L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, An enemy may be injured by any means or tricked, sued, or lied to, or destroyed. Uh, that's his philosophy. If you're an enemy, you can be attacked at, at any level or in any way. And of course, Jesus taught otherwise. Uh, 
in Luke chapter 6, verse 27, I say to you, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, uh, despitefully use you, and unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer the other, and to him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also, give to every man that asketh thee, of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again, as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love them. But if you do good to them which and if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you what thank have you? For sinners also do the same. And he, he goes on. So Jesus is calling us to a higher level. L. Ron Hubbard's calling us to a lower level. Yeah, you know, a lot of this Scientology stuff doesn't make any sense, but this one actually does make sense. If I'm going to create a religion, I want to turn that teaching of Jesus on its head because that's one of the harder ones that Jesus made to love your enemies. I yeah. mean, it's totally against what you want to do. It's very hard to do. And so if I'm going to be like Ron Hubbard and start my own religion, well, I definitely don't want that in there. I want something like this that, hey, somebody does you wrong. Do whatever you want to do to them, right? I'll take the gloves off. It's it's free game. Yeah. All right. We need to get a break when we get back. Okay. We'll we'll wrap that up and then we'll we'll take a dive into Christian science. See what we can find out. We're there. not getting into Christian science. We're going to talk about right. it. Right. All right. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. What does your church have for my children? At the College View Church of Christ, we don't have pizza parties or putt-putt nights. We don't have softball or basketball. We do have the Bible. We do have the powerful sayings of the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We do have the love for your children's souls to never substitute the solid spiritual teaching they need with superficial secular activities. If this is what you want for your children, bring them to Bible class this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Others can stop you temporarily, but you're the only one who can do it permanently. Actions and feelings go together, and by regulating the action, we can directly regulate the feeling. The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Man, wish I had said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight as we look at Scientology and Christian science. What about uh, these wacky beliefs of L. Ron Hubbard? One other thing I had noted here is, uh, here's a quote from L. Ron Hubbard. He says, I don't know how they found it, either by watching Mad Men or something, but since that time they have used it, and it became known as... Christianity, the man on the cross, there was no Christ, he said. Uh, so, I mean, there, there, there you have it. He's actually denying the reality of Jesus Christ. Sort of that really struck me as similar to what the Apostle Peter said in Second Peter 2, verse 1, beginning. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. That almost sounds like a almost fits L. Ron Hubbard exactly. Yeah. All right. Kyle. Which, uh, I guess there's some some contrast you can make for what the church is and what 
the uh, well the Scientologists are is how they treat their how they treat their people who are Christians are reaching out to those especially those who have done auditing and people who have done that the things that they tell them they tell them the deepest darkest secrets of their lives and they write them down in a book and they can be used against them they can use that stuff against you to so pay in these more. so in these counseling sessions yeah. they're yeah. revealing all this yeah, the deepest, tra- train load of baggage they're yes. pulling and then and then they they, they have a, they have blackmail on you if if you don't toe the line then they can expose what you revealed in these yeah. counseling sessions and interesting there's many stories of like there's many little camps they have where they can if you're not towing the line they can send you out there for retraining or whatever they want to call it, to uh, help you. At several thousands of dollars of expense, probably. Well, well, they, well, it's not, they're not necessarily at there. It's not a comfortable place to be. It's like they're, it's essentially, it could be a cult. They're separating them from their families, isolating them in any way possible to. Reprogram yeah. them. So the reprogramming just, sessions. You know, it's nothing like brotherly love. There's no kindness. There's no love at all. Uh, especially, I don't know why you want to get into this when you once you're in. You're but, out. but but you 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 hear of some who have left Scientology, and it's usually uh, a pretty ugly thing when they try to get out. I, th- I, th- I was trying to think. There's an actress. I'm trying to think. Like Leah Remini. I think yeah. I was, uh, I was, let me do a search here. So you, you, it's a one-way ticket, basically, once you join Scientology. It's what it seems. Well, it's once you're in so deep, it's like I guess they want you to. You, know, it's, you just can't get out once you're in. You're just yeah. Le- Leah Rimini yeah. is is the one I was thinking of, she, and she's been in the news quite a bit. Uh, it says here that she left Scientology in 2013. So for about the last six or eight years, seven years, six seven years, she's been really fighting it, and it's been pretty public. Mm. Yeah, which uh, she had a show which. Uh, her language, I you can't watch it because it's like her. You know, but she's very, very public about her um, her exit and the blowback. And because if, if some of us, if we have family who are not Christians or those who depart, we still seek them out. We want them to turn to come return to Christ. But if you leave Scientology, you can you're just you're sliced off. You never exist. Will never exist again in their eyes. Family will. And the very firm word, firm purpose of the word shun is you are cast out and you are looked down upon. And so it's a horrible scenario. Yeah. Now, I also see here uh, some quotes about uh, inquiry into the teachings. You're not to question the teachings, apparently, uh, from uh, Ron L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, never permit an open-minded approach. Never let them be half-minded about being Scientologists. So. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. Yeah. The scriptures teach, though, that Christians should question things. You know, and, and try the spirits. First John four verse one. That's exactly right. And First uh, Thessalonians five verses uh, twenty one and twenty two. Prove all things. Hold fast such was good. Same fetch was evil. We don't need to just take what someone says as well. That's the fact. We need to compare it to a standard. We need to make verify that it's true. A lot of folks think, well, Christians are just blindly following whatever they're taught. That's not the case. Uh, we're, we're told just the opposite of that, but I mean, if, if you're making up your religion, I guess you don't want people questioning that, Kyle. That's true. Well, it's anytime a sermon is given here, anywhere else in a church, we're supposed to start up, follow along in our Bibles. We, every line that the preacher gives is backed up with scripture right behind it. So we don't follow blindly. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to be 
uh, we're supposed to be learners. We're supposed to be learners, seekers, and doers of the word, not just followers. Right. And now somebody would say, well, you're following the Bible blindly. Well, no, we're not. We look at the Bible and we we verify that, yeah, this is actually the word of God because we can see, we looked at at the evidence that the Bible is inspired, that it is uh, something other than a product of man. Um, and we've got programs on that as well. So we're not just blindly following. We're, we've proven the Bible has to be from God, and then we make sure that the things that we're taught are in alignment with that. And the Scientologists, are they, they have no basis for their beliefs. Um, somebody suggested that there's a similarity between Scientology and their philosophy of things to the great heresy of the first century, which was Gnosticism. And we know that the Gnostics believed that they had divine insights separate apart from the revealed word, but they were, that they, they had understandings that other people didn't have. They were the enlightened ones. Uh, and of course, uh, in, uh, the apostle John in, in the book we call first John dealt with that extensively. And he says, we can know. We can know, not them. It's not, it's not that there's some kind of exclusive knowledge that they possess and others don't have it. The word Gnostic actually comes from the Greek word gnosis, which is knowledge or to know. And they claim they knew something we didn't know. And uh, John said that's not the case. But the Scientologists are, are sort of that nature, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which we're not trying to well, – anybody who is out there who does practice Scientology, I, I doubt that any of our listeners or anybody who actually listens to our podcasts are Scientologists. But we're trying to draw a contrast. We're trying to make sure that what, what the Bible teaches and what Scientology is is so – there's no contrast. They can't just say – they can't say what you – know, well, this is a little bit different. It is not – it is complete darkness and complete lightness. There is no – no similarities at all. Well, the word the, church is maybe the only thing that there is similar. The, the lesson for us, Kyle, is not that we avoid Scientology, but look how gullible people can be, and and people in the name of religion can be gullible. In fact, I mean, it's not the Scientologists. We can get a lot more mainstream than that. Look at the Mormons, right, following a religion that Joseph Smith made up. Yeah, well, I thought about that. Yeah, um, any other man-made religion is essentially it's a lot. It's the exact same thing. If you're if you have Christ at its center, or if you have L. Ron Hubbard as its center, if it's not following the gospel, then it yeah. is completely and totally right. Incorrect. And we can paint it up and say it's Christian, but if it's not in accordance with the scriptures, it's not. It's just as bogus as Scientology. It's the, uh, I was just looking here. Uh, Scientologists claim to have as many as 15 million members worldwide, but uh, many of their critics claim they only have between 25 and 50,000 active members worldwide. That's still a big number of folks yeah, that have been totally snookered. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, should we take a break? Yeah, let's grab our, our bullet point break, and when we come back, let's look at Christian science. All right. Uh, gonna get a break. Uh, we want your comments though during the break. Why not give us a call? 877-381-4567. We're back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Jim Sasser. I believe in proper methods, but I don't wear the name Methodist. I believe in baptism, but I don't wear the name Baptist. I believe presbyters or elders should oversee the local church, but I don't wear the name Presbyterian. I believe one should be holy, but I'm not a holiness. I believe Jesus was reared in Nazareth, but I'm not a Nazarene. 
I believe that these are the last days in which we're now living, according to Hebrews 1, 1, and that we are called saints, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, but I am not a Latter-day Saint. I believe the church should be Catholic or universal, but I don't wear the name Catholic. I believe in unity, but I don't wear the name Unitarian. According to some arguments used to justify religious wearing of human names, I really would have a name. I would be a Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Holiness, Nazarene, Latter-day Saint, Unitarian, Catholic, Christian. Wow, what a name. However, I don't wear those names which glorify a person, a method, or a doctrine. I wear the name of him who was crucified for me and whose name I was baptized, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 13. Salvation is in no other name but in the name of Christ, Acts 4, verse 12. That's why I'm pleased to wear the name Christian, Acts 11, verse 26, and which glorifies God, 1 Peter 4, verse 16. Yes, I do believe in methods, baptism, presbyters, and so forth, but I don't wear divisive human names which may honor the teaching but not the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. If you obey the gospel of Christ, Romans 1, verse 16, you too can be simply a Christian and wear the name of Christ, which is embodied in the very word Christian. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Jack. I am eight years old, and this is Vulture Bible Study. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. Back on the program tonight. We appreciate you watching uh, and tuning in and listening to the program tonight. Uh, we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, if you've never been there, check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, collegeview.com. On YouTube, Kyle, at uh, College View live stream. That's right. And uh, I would actually invite anybody who wants to, who has questions, view our live stream. And if you have a question about something we said, absolutely call us or yeah, send us an email. We want, we're open. We're open to discussion. We want that. Yeah, we, right. we, we, we actually seek out opportunity to talk to people about things we differ over in a friendly, congenial way, not mean or adversarially. But we do think it's important to discuss our our differences. And so if you hear something on the virtual Bible study or if you're watching our College View live stream uh, and you hear something that doesn't seem right or you disagree with, by all means, let us know. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, we're talking about uh, Scientology and Christian science, fringe religious organizations. Now on to this Christian science, which... Is a little bit older and uh, yeah. What we say, Ron L. Ron Hubbard started Scientology in 1950. Yeah. Mary Baker Eddy founded Christian Science back in. Let's see, I, I had a note here on a date. 1875. Uh, 1879 is when 79. they were granted a charter to establish a church. Okay, so that's quite a bit older. Yeah, so, I mean, seventy years, seventy years older, yeah. seventy years older. Yeah. Um, so let me read a little, I, 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 and this is just, this is not something that I wrote, but this is a little bit of history on Mary Baker Eddy. I was studying with somebody recently, and that name came up, and the person I was studying said, what, what, who, who's Mary Baker Eddy? I don't think her name is as well recognized now as it was maybe a number of years ago, but she is the founder of the Christian science religion. She was born in 1821, so two, almost 200 years ago, right at 200 years ago. Yeah. Her father was a devout Congregationalist and, and carried very strict Calvinistic teaching. As a child, she was frequently ill with fevers, which confined her to, de- confined her to bed for days and kept her from regular school attendance. Her, her personal history goes on to describe a couple of failed marriages, um, 
well, failed. Her first husband died of yellow fever. Uh, she and, and she was pregnant with a child when he died. And she had that child, and that was the only child she ever had. She later married a man uh, who was a, a dentist and a homeopathic doctor. Uh, that was during the Civil War years. He was unfaithful to her. They divorced, so she had she'd been married twice. She uh, she came in to know. See, in in, in 1862. While suffering from several illnesses, she visited a man named Phineas Quimby, uh, operating out of Portland, Maine. He taught a system of healing that focused on the mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, He taught that the mind had the power to heal the body. Well, obviously, that had a lot of influence on her because that sort of symbolizes what she came to believe and teach was that the mind could control the body. Uh, So in 1866, she took a a serious fall and was terribly injured, was not expected to recover. But as she she was ailing from the falls, she read Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, where it says, Some men brought to Jesus a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. After three days, she was she claimed miraculously healed uh, the the fall and the cure brought her to a con- a conviction about her new position or her new thought mind controls the body uh in 1875 she was 45 years old she published the first edition of science and health with key to the scriptures notice this now she claimed it was the final revelation of God to mankind. She believed it was an actual okay. revelation there of God to go. mankind and asserted that her work was inspired of God. Now, that's the book. And if you ever hear about that, you, you, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. That was better known, as I said, several years ago. Most people haven't heard about it anymore. Uh, but she said the key where it says Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. The key in the title of her book is a reference to her being the woman of Revelation 12, which we don't think is the case, obviously, and that she had the key to unlocking the Bible. Uh, Mary, Mary, married, Mary Baker married uh, one of her students, a fellow named Asa Eddy. She thus became Mary Baker Eddy. Uh and her in, in, 19, in 1879, her church was organized called the Church of Christ Science. Uh, a couple more things here. Uh, uh, this is interesting. Of course, it's based in Boston still to this day. Christian Science is based in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Christian Science, I didn't know this. Christian Science became the fastest growing religion in the United States with nearly 270,000 members by 1936. But by 1990, uh, the number had declined to just 100,000 practicing members, and by 2009, reportedly is under 50,000 members of the Church of Christ scientists. Uh, They publish a well-known newspaper called the Christian Science Monitor. You've probably heard of that. And their religion is is well known for its public reading reading rooms, Christian Science reading rooms that are found in a lot of major cities uh, around the world. Uh, 
Um, so that that's Mary Baker Eddy. That's that that name. We should be familiar with that name. She's the founder of the Christian Science Religion. Here's a little bit about what they believe. Uh, the core theology they hold to is the rejection of medicine and the belief in the mortal mind. With the rejection of medicine, Christian scientists followed, uh, followers developed an intricate system to help heal without the use of medication. The first level of, of members are called practitioners. These are lay people or, or they're, reg, they're just regular congregationalists. <clears throat> They've taken classes uh, uh, and have been ordained as healers. So everybody in the religion is considered to be a healer. Secondly, there are teachers who, who gain, uh, their stature, uh, by obtaining a license from the church. And finally, there are readers. These are people who read the lessons in church services. Um, they believe that simply reading Mary Baker Eddy's book, Science and Health, one can be healed of their sicknesses or diseases. Uh, Mary Baker Eddy assumed this to be the key to healing because when she had fallen on the ice, she was healed by reading Matthew 9, verse 2. And she said that same kind of healing could occur for everyone. And so this is, this is their theology. Uh, they believe that reality is purely spiritual and the material world is an illusion. Well, that almost sounds like Scientology, doesn't it? This includes the view that disease is a mental error rather than a physical disorder and that the sick should be treated not by medicine but by a form of prayer that seeks to correct the beliefs responsible for the illusion of ill health because the material world is actually an illusion anyway. And if you, in this illusion of the physical world, feel that you're sick, that's just an illusion too. And if you get your thinking straightened out... That'll all go away. Ooh. Well, Kyle, that's uh, I, that's detrimental to the uh, medical industry, no doubt. Oh yes, which I actually think it's ironic that they call themselves Christian scientists or Christian scientists when <laughs> they reject the entire medical science. I guess that's, they yeah. have their own brand. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's. Um, I was reading someplace else here. The the Church of Christ Scientist has no clergy. No sermons, no rituals, performs, performs no baptisms, marriages, or burials. Uh, the main religious texts are Bible and science, uh, are the Bible and science and health, we keep to the, to the scriptures. Uh, uh, each church has two readers who read aloud from those texts during services. Uh, they typically have meetings on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening. On Wednesday evening, members offer testimonials about the successes that they have had in recovering from ill health by virtue of these premises. Uh, so actually, what I thought was kind of interesting, we, we picked these two out together, and there is some commonality here in this business of denying physical reality, that, the, that, the, that this physical world, that our physical existence is an illusion that it's not real. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot along the lines of what Mohan in uh, up in Illinois sent tonight. <clears throat> he said Christian Science or the cult of Eddyism, going back to Mary Baker Eddy, believes that sin is an illusion. However, the Bible says all have sinned and sin is a very is very real and the wages of sin is death. Also, they believe everything is God. However, the Bible says there's only one God. It seems like they believe all religious groups are okay, but Acts four verse twelve contradicts this. Uh, so. 
uh, he said that, uh, you know, they're saying that sin is an illusion, and the Bible says it's not an illusion, that it'll send your soul to hell. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, sort of like Scientology, a lot of famous people get drawn to this. And there are some names here. I got a list of some names, notable members of the Christian Christian scientists. Some are past political figures that some of our listeners may remember. Director of the Central Intelligence Agency, William H. Webster. Admiral Stanfield M. Turner. Richard Nixon's chief of staff, H.R. Haldeman, and his domestic advisor, John Ehrlichman, were Christian scientists. A lot of film personalities. Joan Crawford, Carol Channing, Doris Day, Cecil B. DeMille, George Hamilton, Ginger Roger, Mickey Rooney. Uh, Robert, people should probably recognize the name of Robert Duvall and Val Kimmer. They're Christian scientists. Ellen DeGeneres, Henry Fondry, Henry Fonda, Audrey Hepburn, Elizabeth Taylor, Robin Williams. They were raised in Christian science families, not necessarily adherents to the religion now. Uh, that's what you're seeing. I didn't see that. Yep. Um, raised, they were raised in those, in, yeah, in that religion. Yeah, I see it. Uh, here's an interesting note. The, the actor, actress, Ann Archer was raised within Christian science. She left the church when her son, Tommy Davis, was a child and both became prominent in the church of Scientology. So they left Christian uh, science and went to Scientology. So again, uh, it's, it's sort of a bizarre blend of notions, but a lot of what we said about Scientology and what we would claim as what is wrong with Scientology is the same here. I mean, the Bible says that the physical universe is a reality, uh, that uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and, and, and it talks about the things, the specific physical things that he created, sun, moon, stars, uh, living plants and animals, and man. Uh, he, he, he created man not from some weird thought process. He created man from the dust of the earth. We, our existence is real. It's not imaginary. So that would be a major difference, I think, that we would, would have. Uh, um, with with uh, Christian science as well as with Scientology. Okay. And I, I, here's another point that I would draw out. If physical illness or disease is a myth, we got a problem with Jesus Christ because if, uh, he, he surely would have known that. If that is the fact, if that is in case the fact, that it's just an illusion, then Jesus was playing on on people's bad thinking as he went about healing the sick and those who had diseases. Why didn't he tell them, you're not really sick, just get up. Yeah. Go about your business because right. you're just not thinking. You're, you're thinking badly. Uh, so if you really think about it, and they are Christian scientists, so they believe in the Bible and they claim to believe in Jesus Christ. But their but their philosophy actually makes Jesus out to be a charlatan and a deceiver. Yeah, right. Um, in this idea of a latter day revelation, any time that someone comes along with a latter day revelation, we can immediately dismiss them and say that's okay. We're not going to listen to you because uh, Paul was very clear about that in Galatians chapter one verses eight and nine. 
that if there's something that's anything that's taught that's different than what we have in the New Testament, it is not from God, and that person uh, is condemned by God for teaching this false doctrine. Mary Baker Eddy, Joseph Smith, a host of others have come along and said, I've got a Latter-day Revelation. God told me something, and it differs from what the Bible said. They're not telling the truth. And Mary Baker Eddy was it was yeah, and, and and the revelation of God is a finished product to us. Uh, Peter said in Second Peter one verse three, His divine power hath given past tense hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So we're not waiting for additional Latter Day revelations. Jesus promised uh, his apostles in John chapter sixteen. Jesus promised his apostles that in their lifetimes in the first century. They would be guided into all truth. John 16, verses 13 and 14. Jesus promised his apostles would have all truth in their lifetime. Peter said in Second Peter 1, verse 3, that they did have all truth in their lifetime. And so, um, uh, as you say, that ought to be a, an automatic for us. Someone claiming a Latter-day Revelation, red flags ought to pop up all over the place and you ought to dismiss what they're saying without without any question you should dismiss what they're saying it cannot be so yeah now the other thing that's obvious here it's very obvious is that scientologists the church of scientology cannot be the church i read about in the new testament it was, it was founded in 1950 scientology scientology and, and, and christian seven, science 18, seven, 18, 1879 okay so scientology the church of scientology that can't be the church i read about in the new testament the the Church of uh, the Christian Scientist, 1879, that obviously can't be the church I read about in the New Testament. Well, let's just walk it on back. How about, uh, what about the 1600s, the 1400s? You're talking, there, when you talk about 15 and 1600s, you're talking about the Reformation, the Reformation movement in Europe. Yeah. A lot of the mainline denominations began in that time frame. Now, that's that's back there. That's 400 years ago, four or 500 years ago. Yeah. But it's not back far enough. Yeah, check 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 the history of whatever denomination you're a part of. When was it founded? Yeah, so I think your point's a good one. If you're going to say 1950, that can't be That's right. That's got to be fake. If it started in 1950, it can't be right. That's going to be new. wrong, yeah. I think, but that same principle says if it was formed in 1550, it can't be true either. It's, that, that's, yeah. that's 1,500 years too late. Yeah. It can't be the, like the church you read about in the Bible. Yeah. All right. Uh, one, one more point. We'll get our last break. One, Mary Baker Eddy died in 1910. Wait a minute. She died. It says she died not fully cured of her own infections. Well, wait a minute. Mm. How's that? How could that be so? If illness is an illusion, <laughs> was she was she deceived into thinking she died? I don't know. I don't get that. See, I, to me, I've always thought that the Christian Science religion has an is an ultimate failure because everyone dies, and they shouldn't die if they if they follow these principles. They should be perpetually healed of whatever ailment their physical body encounters. It's just an illusion after all. And again, there's a place where that differs with the scripture. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says it's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. All right. Let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to have about 10 minutes for questions on the fly. Questions on the fly. We've got some folks in the chat room here. Uh, Send us a question. Maybe it's just give us a softball question if you want. Maybe you already know the answer. Send us a softball question. Um, 
and we'll uh, we'll give it a shot uh, when we get back from, on from this break. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. When you take away the ice cream socials, the family center, the gym, the fellowship hall, and the plays from your church, what do you have left? Is there anything of real spiritual substance? Is there anything that says this is all about God and not all about me? At the College View Church of Christ, we want to stay focused on the goal of serving God. We don't offer what most churches offer, but we do offer Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If that's what you're looking for, come worship with us this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Men are more likely than women to finish Bible reading plans on an app, but they don't clean as much as when using a good old-fashioned paper book, according to a recent study. More women report a desire to engage with the Bible compared to men. Boys tend to prefer digital formats more than girls, and female readers consistently score better in comprehension. That information is via Journal of Religion, Media, and Digital Culture. The Word of God says in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hour. We're going to do just uh, lob us a question here. Make it hard if you want in the chat room and watch us squirm. Uh, and uh, guest 3423 says, if a church is true, we have to read about it in the Bible. The beliefs and practices must match the church in the New Testament. Surprising, all these man-made churches cannot see this. So... That's that's an obvious thing. We look at Mary Baker Eddy, we look at L. Ron Hubbard, we say, no, your teachings don't line up with what the scriptures say. You can't be true. Why can't, Why don't we do that with all these other groups that claim to be Christian, but they're obviously doing things that don't line up with what the scriptures teach? Uh, why doesn't the same apply? Yeah. Um, Dwight says, how is one... Oh, he's given us a softball, I think. Oh, yeah. I think you. I think you. He's he's given oh, us a question. Here's a softball one. Okay. But wait, before we get topic, to that, before we get to that, Eric in the chat room, in regards to these religions we discussed tonight, Scientology and Christian Science, he quotes Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Is Even yeah. You know, See in my chat? I don't see him in my chat room. It's in mine. Oh well. All right. All right. Now let's go on to the soft. This is this. A, this may not may or may not be a softball question on a different topic. Now, Dwight says, "How is one to give of their means when the church seems to hoard the Lord's money?" Now I think what Dwight may be referring to is the idea that people give their money and then churches build up big bank accounts and hang on to the money. Uh, yeah. Which I, I think that's potentially a problem across the religious board we talked about scientology how it costs a lot of money to move through the ranks of scientology they're obviously into it for the money thing and you know one of the big you continually read surveys where one of the big turnoffs that so-called unchurched people have is they're always asking for my money if i go to church that's the that's the main thing they just asking for my money uh and then if, if as as dwight has suggested maybe the money is just hoarded up there's there's no place for that i think in in god's plan certainly god's plan calls for us to contribute our our financial means uh first corinthians 16 1 and 2 second corinthians 9 6 through 8 we're, we're to lay by in store as the Lord has prospered us. Uh, and, and it's to accomplish the work that he has 
assigned to his church to do. We think that work includes evangelism, reaching out to lost, edification, strengthening those who are to Christians, benevolence to those in the church who are in need. Now that's what the scriptures say. The, the, the money. Those it's are the three useful. broad areas of work that the, that the Lord has assigned to the church. It takes money to do each of those things. And that's where we get the money. But there's, there's no, uh, there's no basis for us to have money hoarded up. In other words, we're just trying to see how much we can get. What, what would be the purpose of that? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, so two things. People are turned off by the money thing. And then I think people are additionally turned off and, and people stop giving. I, I've known of Christians who basically scale back their giving because they, the church has got plenty of money already. Uh, why should I bother to give any more? Uh, and so, uh, the, the idea of churches hoarding up money is a problem. I think, I think it's a good point that Dwight has brought up. It doesn't necessarily, well, but let's do the flip side of this. He asked how is one to give of their means when the church seems to hoard the Lord's money? The responsibility is still on me personally to give of my means. Yeah. Exactly. That, that, that's on, that's on the leadership if they're hoarding up the money. But God doesn't absolve and, me and that, of the, and that and that needs to be addressed. But it doesn't excuse me from giving. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Which uh, I hope uh, we have been doing, you know, Lord's will here. By uh, we have preachers that we support. We want to make sure that we're because we have a hoard of money. If we do have a hoard of money, when you be like, well, who can we give this money to that to go out and preach the word? What can we do to do this? We have uh, we have efforts that we do here for evangelism. We have uh, a community Bible study. We have different efforts but we should always be exploring well, we're trying to trying to, to use the money as best we can as fast as we can yeah yeah so. by the way dwight just i mean uh, kyle just brought up something mark your calendars way out from now july 20 and 21 community bible study here in in columbia tennessee july 20 and 21 monday Mon- monday and tuesday night july 20 and 21 mark your calendars already Keep it open for the community Bible study. Speaking of money, we use a lot of money to advertise that and to get ready for that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and we want uh, you to be a part of it. You can. Hey, here's one from Lou, and it's along the same lines. He says, "Is tithing or giving 10% specifically mentioned in Scripture?" Good question, Lou. What about that? Tithing, 10%. It is, is in Scripture. It is in the Old Testament under the law of Moses. The, the children of Israel were expected to give. Actually, they were mandated to give. A tithe or 10%. Actually, that even predates the law of Moses. I was trying to look here in, in uh, yep. uh, uh, Abraham. Abraham, when, yeah. When Abraham, uh, there had been a war, uh, Lot, Abraham's nephew and his family and others were taken captive in the war. Abraham pursued after them. He, 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 he won them back. He won a battle and he brought them back. And, and when, he, when he was on his way back, he was met by Melchizedek in Genesis chapter 14. Uh, and, uh, Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek, who was called the priest of the most high God. So the idea of tithing uh, was, was true in the, in the, that would be patriarchal period. It was continued over uh, in the in the law of Moses. The the children of Israel were mandated to give a tithe uh, of of all that they earned, all all the crops that they raised, whatever they were commanded to give a tithe. So yes, it's a biblical principle. Here's the thing, though: 
In the New Testament, the law that we live under, the law of Christ, it's not repeated. Tithing is not specified in the New Testament. Instead, what we're commanded to do is is what's taught in the verses that we alluded to earlier in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, uh, verse 7, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. So uh, our giving is to be proportionate to our prosperity and as we purpose and plan in our heart. But in the New Testament, it never specifies a tithe, which, by the way, of course, was 10%. All right. Uh, so good question. We appreciate that. Hopefully that helps. Uh, if there's other questions, uh, send them in the chat room. Guest 3423 says, some churches you, who are entertainment-driven use their money for entertaining the members and using carnal means to attract the people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it would be absolutely an easy thing to draw a standing room-only crowd on Sunday morning if... We advertised that we were that there was going to be a hundred dollar bill taped under every seat on Sunday morning. People would be lining up early to come in, and the, and there would and every seat would be taken because people would want that hundred dollar. Should we use should we use I think should we use that sort of an appeal? And everybody said, Oh no, absolutely, you can't do that. That's that's uh, over the top. Yeah, but if you think about it, that's what we're basically doing when we try to attract people with entertainment and recreation. Uh, we're using a carnal appeal, and and the Scriptures do not authorize that. In fact, they teach against that. Uh, we've referenced before in John chapter 6, when Jesus perceived that where people were following him because they wanted him to feed them, he wouldn't feed them. Yeah, yeah, obviously a different a different approach. Yeah, Jesus had the, Jesus could have had the social gospel to the extreme all he had to do was say the word and he could have had all the food that i mean and good food obviously it was good they came back for it the next day um he could have done that he could have pulled them in but he didn't do that because he didn't want them to be drawn just for the carnal he wanted them to be drawn to the truth that's right uh and so churches are going down that rat hole trying to get people to come because of the carnal attraction and it's just not what god wants that's right all right. I think we're out of questions. Yeah, we're, we're out, just of, about out, out of, of time. time. We're out of time. So now, it worked out good. Kyle, we heard a lot from you tonight. I mean, are you expecting more pay? I mean, we got no, to double yeah, your pay? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in for doubling Kyle's pay. That's double That's, right. That's double it tonight. Well, I think we're getting closer to the positive. We're in the negative right now. So we're <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kyle, thanks for, uh, thanks for all the good comments yeah, tonight. That was good. It's yeah, a good topic. Glad that you're here. And, Dad, thanks for a good discussion tonight. Thanks, Jacob. All right. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. I hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. I hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.